Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. It is time for our ESPN Roundtable, which is presented by Paradise Falls, and this is a fun one. We went down to the university yesterday. We sat down in the Champion Center with uh, Saeed Pridget and Kendall Manuel. These are two kids that we've both interviewed multiple times, whether it's been post-game, at practice, and even we've done individual roundtables with both of these guys. But as two seniors whose games but also whose roles have just developed tremendously this very season, and, and necessarily so. Both seniors on a young, uh, uh, broadly speaking, a young team, uh, we thought it would be a great opportunity not to talk to them about some of their personal stories, which we've we've covered in the past, but more about this season and and the growth that they have seen as a group and individually within the context of a senior year. Both these guys have a lot to be proud of because we've talked a lot about it this year. It's very hard to be a guy that has name recognition in a league like this early on in your career. Mm -hmm. And then when you become a senior, be able to then exceed the expectations of your own performance, both individually and as a team. And these guys both have, which has then helped their team exceed expectations as well. I really think that Saeed Pridget is one of the most fascinating players that has played for the Grizz. Not in the fact that he himself is that interesting. He is. He has an interesting story. But it's not like some crazy story like some guys have. He's so interesting because he came here as one of the biggest recruits Travis DeKir ever got. And then DeKir sat him down and said, here's the deal, son. You're going to have to swallow your pride and not be the dude for several years. And if you know Saeed and you know his personality, that's not it. Yeah, He's an alpha dog to the max. And he was trying to lead this team straight out the gates his first year at Montana. And I think 
don't want to say rubbed wrong, but I think that it was it was too soon because they had established leadership. Mm-hmm. I also think he's somebody that's flown under the radar in terms of his star power because people know he's a tremendous player, but he's always been a little bit of a quiet guy when it comes to his exposure in the media. He's not the guy that they're taking down to the coaches show and, and parading around as this dude because they had guys that were so good at that, like Michael Ogine you know, and 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 Jamara Coe. The other thing, too, Coulter, about Saeed in particular, his his game is so diverse and versatile right? that there sometimes isn't the one thing where you go, oh, my goodness. Like when you go Michael Ogina, you could talk about the athleticism and the leaping right. and the flash. And totally. when you talk about Ahmad Rory, it's the lock it up defense and the great pace and the great decision making and things you know like that. And there's a million things you can say and that would all be true about Syed Pridget. But if I said, you know, what's the best thing about him? It might be his ability to finish around the rim. That's. You know, and his, his footwork yeah. in the post. It's not the that's not the stuff where you're like, man, I gotta watch this guy play until you watch him play, and then you go, oh my goodness. I mean, he's been a, he's been a whisper away from like three or four triple doubles, which just doesn't happen. I mean, it's it, again just so very impressive. No question, and the the reason I think that his story is fascinating when you look in terms of just the history of the program. He hasn't had a chance to be the absolute dude until right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely the MVP of the league if they win the game tomorrow night. Mm. I mean, do you say that because you think the only other guy who might be is Jonah Radabaugh? No, I think that the front runner amongst people around the league is Mason Peetling. Yeah, and I, I think that that's you know, it's going to make me so mad. Not that I think Peetling is a great player, and I think he's gone from a guy who was. Uh, a serious project when he first walked onto campus at Eastern Washington to now he's a double double machine. But he's also he's a sixteen and ten guy, so his numbers pop. He's one big sky conference player of the week four times because he gets double doubles all the time. But he's not gonna ever drop thirty and he's also never gonna will you to win at the level that Syed Pridget does. Mason Peatling is a mechanism within a great offense. And he's a great d- defensive rebounder too, yeah. but he does nothing close to the amount of work that Saeed Pridget does in a game, both from a facilitation and scoring standpoint, but also just from a leadership standpoint, too. But the thing about Pridget, though, is regardless of if he wins the MVP or not, somehow he's quietly climbed his way all the way into the top eight in program history and scoring, and he is knocking on the door of being in the top five, which is hallowed ground for the Grizz. And that's with being able to be the dude, the actual go-to dude on the team, for the second half of his junior year and his senior year, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Other guys like Larry Kristoviak and Michael Ray Richardson, they were the dude from day one. Yeah, right. And so that in itself is impressive. But then also, I mean, if he leads them to a title and defies expectations, he will have a very unique position in Grizz history. So I hope that people will appreciate what he is and remember him properly. Enjoy our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Well, welcome in to the ESPN Roundtable and happy to be on the campus of the University of Montana for this one in the Champion Center with two seniors from the Montana men's basketball team, Saeed Pridget and Kendall Manuel. Guys, thanks so much for being with us. And last week of the regular season, we'll start there. While you're in it, I know that you can't just sit here and reflect and get all sentimental about it, but is it, it's got to be crazy, right, that all of a sudden, like, here you are and you got one week of the regular season left before you go to Boise in your senior season, right? Yeah, it's crazy, like you said. Um, just knowing that the last few games in Dahlberg is kind of kind of crazy, and you don't want to think about it as much because, you know, this place has given us a lot and a lot of energy and just a lot of support. 
Yeah, just like you said, you know, it's it's crazy to think about and uh, kind of kind of a thing that you you're gonna look back at and uh, remember all the good times for sure. And I'm just excited to see what happens at the end of this week. But also, I mean, these are two huge games, right? I mean, Northern Colorado, who uh, is right there, you know, battling with you for first place and tied with Eastern Washington. So it's no rest for the weary. I mean, you, you're finishing with two huge games, right, in the course of your season? Yeah, those games are tremendous, honestly. Um, I was playing Northern Colorado. That, that's a big game for us because, obviously, we lost to those guys, so we, we owe them a little payback. And with Southern Utah, we kind of left there with a sour taste on our mouth because we felt we could do a lot better. So these games are definitely huge. Yeah, there's, there's some extra motivation going into these games. Uh, besides just the championship on the line, too. And uh, obviously Saturday senior night, so uh, and there's extra motivation in that, too. Say so the, the mini rivalry sort of with Northern Colorado, it's interesting because everybody talks about the Cats. But, I mean, in reality, you guys have dominated the Cats during your career. It's been more like Eastern Washington, Portland State, and Northern Colorado that have been the, the true challenges to Montana. They beat you earlier this year. So, I mean, what's the mentality going into this game? And what have you thought of just battling those guys? Because I know Jonah Radabaugh, one of the best competitors in the league. So, just kind of going toe-to-toe with the best guys at Northern Colorado the last four years. What's that been like? It's been crazy, like you said. Um, even, like, like go back to Reno when we played those guys. The game was, was crazy. Could've, we could have went either way. We had a few things go our way, which were the offensive fouls calls. And like I said, those, those games have been great because they have some great players over there who aren't bagging down and just know they're going to bring the A game every night. Is that the greatest game you've ever been a part of? in terms of just like the way it went and the stakes that were there that Northern Colorado game two years ago? Yeah, definitely. Or well, I would go with uh, last year when we were in Bahamas and uh, Amaya had the half-court shot to put us back in the game and then I made the free throws to win it. So it's probably up there for me. If you're playing in the Bahamas, it's probably pretty good. I mean, that's not a bad way to go. Fair point, Saeed. Uh, but, you know, Kendall, for you as well, I mean, two years now at the University of Montana, when you look at the sort of landscape of, of your time here in those teams, where's Northern Colorado at on that list? Uh, they're definitely one of the best teams that, uh, regarding our, comp- our, our competition uh, that we played and everything. And uh, every, everybody is always known it's either Eastern Washington, it's going to be Northern Colorado, Montana, and then you can throw Weber up there too uh, for the top spots in the league. So uh, we know it's a big game, and uh, I'm very excited. Side, we're sitting here at the Champion Center, and uh, we're actually in the basketball room for the first time. Usually, they throw us in one of the football rooms, but this in itself is something that's changed since your time here—the building of this place. But there's been a lot of other things that have changed, both for you individually as well as for the team. So, just take us through what have been some of the biggest changes, and what's it been like navigating, especially adding a facility like this, but also just going through the college basketball career that you have. Uh, it's been a lot of change. Honestly, the championship center here helped us a lot just because of like body and recovery, and a lot of guys are able to get stronger. And a lot of a lot of guys are able to focus on things that they weren't as, probably as good at or good or good at doing before they got here. So, like I said, just knowing that this place has improved my four years has, has been a lot, and for the future guys, they appreciate what's been done here. What's changed most for you individually? Maybe not even as a basketball level, but just how, how do you think you've grown over the last four years? Um, this, this program has taught me a lot, just basically being a man and just learning how to take care of business on off the court, just knowing how to learn how to communicate on time and just making me responsible for my own, my own mistakes and stuff that I do, just preparing me for the real world and when I get my own job one day. To watch you transform and mature has been fascinating because you came in here with a lot of confidence and you could play right away. But you kind of had to buy into different roles that Travis put in front of you. Was that hard for you? And then how has that gone for you now that you are here a senior and you're getting to be one of the leaders of the team, one of the best players in the league? 
Uh, I wouldn't say it was hard because I was always taught to appreciate what I got. But like I said, um, just like those roles the coach gave me, I just knew like just me coming here to trust the process. And like I said, I would never came here if I didn't believe with the plan that coach had for me. And like I said, I'll do whatever to get on the court. So if I had to do any role, I'll take it. Kendall, when you transferred in here from Oregon State, people were like, okay, you know, we know Kendall's a great shooter and he can do that, but what is he like? What's his actual basketball playing skills, you know? And this year, especially, you transition into a role where you got to be a lot more, uh, you got to do a lot more, have a lot more usage offensively and defensively. What's it been like for you to demonstrate all the different aspects of your game and grow in that here in your season, senior season? Uh, it's it's been all I've been asking for, honestly. I just wanted an opportunity, uh, and and I went to Oregon State, was hoping I would get that opportunity, and I didn't get it. And I came here, and uh, fortunately, my senior year, I've been able to get that opportunity. And uh, you know, one thing I always say is make sure you stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. And that's that's what what uh, I came into this season having that mentality, just making sure that I'm ready uh, to display everything that I can and uh, help this team win. You were, of course, on the team last year. Saeed, you've been here the whole way through. But when that group of seniors last year graduates, what sort of conversations did you guys maybe have with each other or with others in the offseason to talk about, okay, now it's our turn here as senior leaders. What are we going to do to make sure that this program stays at the level that it's been at? Oh, me and Ken talked a lot this summer and just knowing that we have a lot of young guys, so we have to know that we're being watched like we're on that magnifying glass because they don't know anything about this program. They don't know how the culture is or anything, so we just knew that coming into the season that we had to kind of be perfect, even though it's hard to be perfect and nobody's going to be perfect, but we just knew that that's the mentality that we had to have just so we can teach the young guys the way to go. Yeah, and just like you said, you know, we, we knew that we had, to, we had to lay the foundation for everybody and make sure they understand how, how this thing goes and uh, – how, how they should follow along and um, coach always told us you know I'm going to get on you guys I'm going to have to yell at you just because I'm going to need you guys to be the example and uh, be able to be our leaders that can take criticism and then those young guys will be able to understand like hey like he's doing it to them so then we should be able to take it as well so we, we knew it was going to be a, a big change but we were excited for the, the journey Saeed Pridget, Kendall Manuel, the ESPN Roundtable Saeed talk about that element of it because Coach DeCure is an incredibly demanding guy. He's demanding of everybody. He's even demanding of us. You know, if we do, if we say something or do something that it's not online with Travis, he's calling us or he's calling us into the office. I mean, got to do push-ups actually <laughs> in the office. You know, but I love that about him. And but what we've learned with Travis too is that if he if he comes at you, if you fold. He's not. He doesn't like that. If you can take it, if you can come back at him, and he, then he respects you. Seems like you, you two more than maybe any other guys on the team have really embraced that element. What's it been like just kind of learning from Travis and, and learning how to just navigate the way he coaches and how much he demands of you guys. Um, I, I feel like playing for Coach Travis and him coaching me and teaches you a lot because. He, it's crazy because he knows how to approach every individual differently, so he knows how to get on certain guys, and he, and he knows who can take it one way or take it another. So just being under his, under, <clears throat> under his coach, being under him has just has been a lot for me because it, he taught me how to be how to just be take, take uh, criticism, and also he let me. I've talked back a few times to him, but it's not in a disrespectful manner. So he knows like that I'm just trying to get the best of what he's teaching me. Same question for you, Kendall, but in a different circumstance because you were with Coach Tinkle and now you come to you know be with Coach Takir for your last two years. So just adjusting to the style and the person, you know, the personality changes and so forth. What's that been like for you? Uh, it's been a good transition. Trav uh, is someone that he you know he respects me as a as a man and uh, really really lets me uh, 
go about things how I need to, and he, he doesn't really approach me in any, any negative way or anything. He, he just, you know, he does what he's got to do. He's a coach, and I, I understand that, and I uh, know that no matter what, he's just trying to look out for me and do what's best for me because if he's not showing, if he's not getting on me or anything, he's, he probably doesn't care, you know, and so uh, I just had to understand that and be able to understand that, you know, Trap Tra just cares about me at the end of the day, and that's why he gets on me. Saeed talked about the way he's grown. Travis always talks about expectations, not rules. How has he helped you grow? Uh, just just off the court, uh, you know, that's that's the biggest thing I, I've got for Travis, just learning off the court lessons just because basketball is going to be here, but at the end of the day, you, you're going to have to have life after that. And he's, he's just been able to teach me how to, how to go about things, certain situations, and how to, how to behave as a man and uh, be able to – confront different types of situations regarding teammates, uh, interactions with different coaches, whatever it may be, but uh, that's the biggest thing is off-the-court lessons. Coming into this year, uh, there was varying expectations for this program, but I know internally they never wavered, so what was your mindset coming into this year, and did you think you guys could be in first place going into the last weekend of the season? Yeah, uh, my mind frame coming into the season was basically just to prove everyone wrong. Like, like, like a lot of people just doubted us because we lost so much, which is which isn't hard to do because, like I said, we lost a, a big a big group of guys that was four seniors that were pretty good. So just knowing that me and Kendall, we feel like we could take the challenge and put the team on our back and lead them the right way. So my mentality just was coming in to prove everyone wrong. When you get to this time of year, for a player, it's got to be the most fun time of year in March in college basketball. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But also, there's pressure that comes with that as well. How do you navigate between being confident, feeling pressure, and just being excited about this on this, you know, last run? Um, to be honest, with these two, with the other thing you just named, uh, I feel like it isn't really, it isn't really that hard to feel pressure because if you love the game and you know that you've been true to the game by putting in the work and just doing everything you could do pos possible, uh, there's really no pressure just knowing that you you just trust the process and it'll get done. Yeah, just just like you said, you know, we we put in a lot of work into this, and, uh, and the more work you put in, you, the more confident you're gonna have, or confidence you're gonna have going into every type of game or situation, and um, that pressure's not really there. It's just knowing that you know I put in the work, and the results should come. If uh, they don't, I know that I put everything into it, and uh, that that's just the case. Did you grow up a Grizz fan, Kendall? Uh, I did, uh, but my mom was always a Cats fan, so. <laughs> It was funny when I got recruited here, and she was like, man, I don't know how I'm, I'm deal with wearing all these Grizz colors now. <laughs> it's an interesting full-circle story, right, because most guys from Montana don't get a chance to even go out of Montana, but you did, and played in the Pac-12, but it seemed like even Oregon State's interest was even more in you than the two Montana schools, ironically, but then you get a chance to come back, so just take us through the entire journey that it's been for you and now finishing your career here at Montana. Yeah, no, it was it was weird. Uh, out of high school, I didn't I didn't get a lot of uh, attention recruiting and everything from the Montana schools, uh, and and obviously that that was something that uh, it hurt a little bit, you know, because I, I was always hoping, you know, maybe I could put in put on the Grizz colors or something and uh, represent the the state. And then after that, I was like, all right, well, I got to go move on. And uh, once Oregon State had a good run there, and then uh, you know when I came back. Finally, those schools they they reached out and told me like, hey man, like we we apologize, we overlooked you and everything. Like uh, 
we, we want to just let you know that we want you back in, in the, the home state and want to uh, make sure that you, you can represent your, your state and make sure that uh, you get everything you want out of this college basketball career. Say, so when you were – when you were getting recruited, I know that Weber State was in the mix as well. I, I saw your dad talking to Coach Ray after the Weber State game. There's such an t- Oakland connection there, too, such a Bay Area connection with Damian Lillard going there, Damian Barry, a bunch of other great guys. But coming from a place like California to Montana, that's a, it's a huge change. What was your, what would you, what'd you think Montana was going to be like before you got here, and, and how has that maybe uh, differed from what it has been like for you? Um, I kind of had a good idea of what Montana was like because I was, I was like, I watched Will growing up as a kid, so like I kind of talked to him about it a lot, and he just kind of like painted the picture for me of how it would be, and just knowing that it wouldn't be easy just because like it's cold here and you're far from family, so it wasn't really that tough for me to pick Montana or even adjust to Montana because I kind of already had an idea of it just because the alum that talked to me before I got here. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Have you thought about what it's going to be like on Thursday and then on Saturday to walk out on on the Dahlberg Arena kind of for the last time and I know that you got to like stay in the moment and play the game and stuff like that but you allow yourself to consider what that moment is going to be like yeah the more, I, honestly I thought like the game would be very emotional for me because my mother's coming to the game and it'll be our first time coming back to Montana since my, since my visit here so just just knowing that just her being here for my senior night and it being her first her first time being in Montana for a game with me having a jersey on it'd be a very emotional night for me and Kendall what about for you I mean again it's it's you're from Montana but it's a career type of deal and 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 the last walk out there what is that going to be like for you yeah uh, I definitely thought about it too and like like so you said it's going to be a very emotional night uh obviously we got to go out and play the game still and make everything happen uh, but there's definitely gonna be thoughts about, you know, I gotta I gotta embrace this and enjoy this one more last time. You know, the Montana State women are like the most dominant team in the Big Sky. Uh, sewed up the thing couple, like a week and a half ago. They went out for their senior night and they were down 16 in like the late third quarter because you know they're just like kind of in the moment too and having that emotion. How do you go about trying to like? put that away and still go out and play your game and play it the right way so that you know that there isn't any slippage i you know just just go in and, and focus on the things that that the coaches are have the game plan that's really all you can do obviously it's still going to be in the back of your mind and what whatnot but you know we, we've lived for these situations and, and these different type of pressure moments and stuff like that we, we've done this before so i think that we will be able to control it and be able to uh, go in and handle it as best we can I find the best way to do it is just 
make sure you play for the people that's here watching you, you know, not not trying to play crazy, but just giving the effort that, that they would want you to play with just because they're here supporting us. You know, a lot of people, families coming all across the world just to come see us play. So I feel like that's enough motivation itself and it being a big game because we want to win this game. Said, as a leader, what's been the toughest part about this season? The toughest part about this season for me was – I'm used to, like I said, I've, like, I've always played with a lot of vets, so just the way I talk to people, I had to learn how to just adjust to certain guys, not knowing how I might be yelling a little too much for some for certain guys. So that just means my thing. I feel like I'm very aggressive on the court and he did the moment, so I had to realize like some people don't take it that well and just adjusting and talk to certain people in a certain way. And, Kendall, for you, I mean, this has been an interesting team because it's kind of seniors and freshmen with a couple guys in between, so... What's it been like for you? What's been the most difficult part of this year? Uh, just, you know, just having to realize that the, some of the younger guys, they are just freshmen, you know, and you, you come from high school and you come into a college, and fortunately for them, they've been in a situation where they're able to play right away, and uh, that doesn't happen a lot for freshmen. So them being able to come in, you know, they, you go from high school where you're the man and you come into college and – you, you think, hey, I'm still going to be the man type thing. And, uh, you know, college, college it, it humbles you sort of in that way. And uh, just trying to be able to make sure that they're staying up and realizing, like, it's a process. Like, you guys are fortunate to play this, this year and everything, but a lot of people wouldn't even have this situation. So don't get down if your minutes are, are low or what your numbers aren't what you wanted to be. Just, just being able to coach and, and uh, help them through those types of situations because – Saeed went through it. He had to play a different role. I went through it. I had to play a bunch of different roles, too. So uh, just trying to make sure that they understand, like, there's a process to this, and what everything you want will come from uh, just being able to handle everything throughout all this adversity. Kendall Manuel, Saeed Pridget joining us in the ESPN Roundtable. I want to ask you guys about Boise, not from a basketball standpoint because it's too early. We don't know anything. But last year is the first year in Boise, so you have the experience of having been there, and you know – the town, the arena, what it's like, what the experience is. Obviously, it was a great experience because you won the dang thing, so you could have played it in the middle of the Nevada desert and you would have been happy, I would think. But knowing that you're going back to this place that you have that familiarity with, what level of excitement is there about the tournament and 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 what that is like to be at a neutral site and in a place like Boise, Idaho? Uh, <clears throat> it's a great place to be at. Honestly, uh, the people there took great care of us. They made sure they provide us with a lot of stuff that we needed, Gatorade, water, which which is like what a, what a regular school would do for us. But I just felt like the hospitality there for us was amazing because they treated everyone special and nobody was treated better than the other. Just knowing that we were, we were going to be treated well when we get there was the amazing thing about it. Yeah, and touch on that, uh, it's nice just because how much support we had in Boise. Uh, I mean, that arena filled with Grizz fans every single game, and so it was nice having that support around us. And also I have a bunch of friends and family around the Boise area, so it's nice that uh, I'll be able to go down there and see all of them as well. I want to ask you guys about being famous. It's weird. It's a weird thing. And Why don't you ever ask me? <laughs> Come on. You're already too famous. The It's interesting, though, because in the Big Sky, if you play D1 basketball, you're going to have a certain level of, of you know, people are going to be looking at you. But in Montana, you guys are stars. I mean, kids are lining up. They want your autograph. It's a huge spotlight, but also you can't mess up. I mean, you guys have a higher level of, of the way you have accountability, the way you got to act in the community. So, uh, Saeed, what's that like, you know, just being a guy that – Somebody wants your autograph, or a little kid is growing up wanting to be like Saeed Pridget. 
Uh, it's amazing because uh, I was in their shoes one day. I mean, I was in their shoes before, so just knowing that, like you said, it's hard because you said we can't really mess up in their eyes. And, and like I said, we, everyone tries to be perfect, but it's hard to be perfect. So just knowing that we give our best effort to be the best guy we can and just making sure that we be the great role models and leaders that we can be. Yeah, and to touch on that is again, uh, it's crazy for me just because I played high school basketball here too, so I was I was getting that same type of attention and stuff at 14, 15, 16 and all that, and uh, I've had to control and be able to make sure that I'm, I'm in good situations and making sure I'm maintaining a positive attitude no matter what in any type of aspect, off the court, on the court, uh, just because I know that I have that spotlight and uh, coming here in Montana, it's, it's gotten even better just because how many kids, you know, like you said, they're coming up and they're asking for autographs and whatnot, pictures, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I'm very grateful for to be able to be in that type of situation because I was I was definitely one of those kids looking up to all the Grizz players and everything, too. You had a background with Will, so Will Cherry, so I'm sure that that was your favorite Grizz when you were younger. Did you have a favorite Grizz when you were younger, Kendall? I uh, I used to watch Jordan Gregory a lot, actually, uh, just because he, he was he was here when uh, I was in high school. So uh, he he always used to uh, text me every once in a while, just make sure my season was going well in high school, just stay focused on everything. But that that's someone that I was I was always watching uh, regarding the Grizz. No matter what age you are, everybody has somebody that they aspire to be like. So one to ten, how much do you want to be like me, Saeed, when you get older? Eleven. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, the interview's over as far as I'm concerned right now. I got everything I wanted out of this thing. Uh, I want to ask you about the turning point of the season because we were sitting here when you got in the in the arena when you guys lost to Montana Tech, and we look at each other like. This is either going to be the best or worst thing that ever happened to this team. Say, do you feel like that was a turning point for you guys? Yeah, definitely. It was, I feel like that, that woke us up right there as a team and just let us know that if we don't bring our A game or if we don't bring the respect for each team, that we, anybody can beat us. So we can't take anyone for granted and we got to come out there and go 100% every night. Yeah, and I, I just – I knew once that game happened, uh, we, we would start clicking. People would start paying attention and being like, all right, well – if that can happen against them, any team on our schedule can beat us for sure. And so I think that's when we finally got got the freshmen to buy in a little more and got got some more people to buy in and just being able to realize like, hey, like if we don't if we don't turn this around right now, this could be one of the worst seasons Montana's had and we knew for sure that we weren't gonna let that happen. So uh, it it definitely changed changed our outcome of the season for sure. So you'd grown up somewhere completely different. The Grizz probably weren't a part of your life until they were, but now they've been a huge part of your life. So just this whole experience, what, what has this meant to you, just being in Missoula these last four years? It means a lot. I've, 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 I've gained a lot of extended family, and uh, they've treated me well here in Missoula, just knowing, like I said, it's much different for California because, like you said, going going out to the grocery store or just going to the mall, you'll get a random person come to you and just want to talk to you and just even if you're in a bad mood, you really you really can't say no, but just because of how happy and they, how happy they are to see you and just like they cheer you up even if you're having a bad day. So it, it, just being here in Missoula has been great for me. And Kendall, similar question, but a completely different experience for you because you probably knew who the Grizz were from when you were a tiny little kid, and so now to get to finish your career here. What will you take from this experience? What will you take moving forward? It's your time as a Grizz. Uh, just, I'm just going to cherish it. Honestly, just 
because a lot of kids don't get this opportunity, especially a lot of Montana kids. It's, it's weird that uh, our state doesn't produce a lot of Division One athletes and uh, people that are able to play at this level or anything. And so it's just a, a moment that I'm going to be able to cherish forever and uh, look back on and be, be grateful for. Said Bridget, Kendall Manuel, Thursday night, Northern Colorado at Dahlberg Arena. Huge matchup in the Big Sky Conference for the conference title. And then Saturday, senior day, senior night uh, for these two and uh, and Jared Samuelson as well and for the whole team. Come come to Dahlberg Arena this week, this weekend, and uh, pay your respects to a great team and a great senior class as they get ready for Boise next week. Kendall, Said, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Love it, man. Sitting down with those guys. It's uh, it's so so interesting to hear them talking. You know, I know, you know, Kendall and Saeed, they both have like very deep voices. They talk, you know, in kind of a flat line and stuff like that. But you say this all the time to me. It's so much different when you, whoever it is, for, for better words, when you transcribe like an interview and then you read the content of it and you go, wow, like as I'm reading this, this is really good. When my impression of an interview was like, well, I don't know, you know, is it, is it good or not? Just listening to those guys and sitting in the room with them, it's great, man. I, I really enjoy uh, both of those guys and appreciate their time. And I think that they had a lot of a lot of really good stuff to say. We will be re-airing, by the way, the ESPN Roundtable tomorrow at noon. So you can hear it on 1029 ESPN Radio. It will also be available at SkylineSportsMT.com as part of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series. So you can check it out there uh, for time immemorial. And it's brought to us. Our friends over at Paradise Falls. Coulter, Paradise Falls, the reasons to go there, I don't know, a million of them. It's March. It's got a late happy hour. It's got a breakfast. It's got everything in between. Families, individuals, groups, teams. Oh, how many softball teams are congregating to the Paradise Falls? All of them. Go there. Why not? Tell them about it. And they are the presenting sponsor of our Bracket Challenge, so we thank yes. Paradise Falls for being a part of that. They will also be doling out a whole bunch of prizes, up to $500 worth of prizes for the Bracket Challenge for first, second, and third. And because it is March, you don't have to wait till the tournament. They got month-long slam dunk specials. You're going to love this, Gus. Let's hear it. You get huckleberry honey barbecue thighs. That's boneless chicken thigh meat fried to crispy... Fried to a crisp, excuse me, toss in a sauce with hand-picked huckleberries and locally sourced honey for the barbecue sauce. That's $13.95. You can also get a steak sandwich, eight-ounce top sirloin, cooked to your liking, served with garlic toast, your choice of fries and a salad. You can also get the filet and prawns special, $21.95 for a six-ounce filet mignon, cooked to your liking, with four, count them, four breaded prawns, served with a baked potato and your choice of super salad. You can also get a six-ounce filet mignon cooked to your liking with two pieces of fried halibut for $21.95. Go check out Paradise Falls, their slam dunk specials, and go check out Paradise Falls for all your March Madness needs, whether it's the last weekend of the regular season that we have right now or the Big Sky Tournament next week or the NCAA Tournament the last two weekends of March. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula is coolest hotspot. Did you say just for the halibut? You get it? Paradise Falls, boys and girls, go there. We'll do a wing it Wednesday. Talk to you about the paddleheads next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. 
With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. This is interesting here. The Missoula Paddleheads have put out sort of an APB for people to share on social media as their memories, uh, their best moments with what were then the Osprey and are now the Paddleheads, minor league baseball, the team, the franchise in the city of Missoula. Again, this circles back to a recommendation in Major League Baseball, which was approved, I believe, unanimously by ownership in Major League Baseball to cut, I think, 42 minor league baseball uh, teams uh, around the country that is basically a, a, a move to sort of, I guess, streamline the minor league system to some extent, cut the fat, so to speak, in another set uh, extent. This almost always, right, certainly comes back to money in some way, for finances in some way. But the Pioneer League uh, in general was uh, on the chopping block, which, of course, includes the three Montana teams, Billings, Great Falls, and Missoula. And so they have tried to uh, put together a, a plan to create, you know, fan uh, interest and sort of generate a ground swell, not so much of support. I think the support is there, but of uh, of – uh, excitement, enthusiasm, and memories to sort of sway the tide a little bit and say, hey, this is an, something that's important to people in the towns and uh, in the cities that have these baseball teams. And David, I know you in particular, you grew up and minor league baseball was like your first job, right? You worked for the, the baseball team in your hometown? That's correct. I worked for the Arkansas Travelers. What, what, uh, what class was that? They are a double-A team. When I worked for them, they were affiliated with the Angels, and now they're affiliated actually with the Seattle Mariners. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I remember when the Osprey opened in Missoula in, in the late 90s, and we're playing out at yep. the Legion Field, and then they got uh, you know the, the, the new park built and uh, obviously the updates to that, and it's been a staple of the summer around here for a long time. And so I hope that it doesn't go away and I'm interested to see how this all plays out. I, I don't know how to objectively analyze this. I mean, on a personal and non-objective level, I really hope the Osprey don't leave. I mean, it's an Osprey. Right? The paddleheads aren't one and done. You know, I really right. hope that this, that they can, we can continue having minor league baseball in Missoula and just in Montana in general, but also from the perspective of the major league teams, I do understand where they're coming from to a large degree. When it the business is all about developing players, you cannot afford to ever lose any games. And the fact that the weather in Montana, even in the summer, is somewhat volatile, you will have times where there's rainouts, and, and people say, okay, well, you can still make them up with doubleheaders. Well, then you're trying to wear, I mean, these guys aren't ready to play nine-inning doubleheaders, so they're not getting the full amount of innings that they need to be playing when they have double headers, a lot of times they're seven inning games. I mean, there's a lot, all sorts of stuff. The games just aren't that. It, it impedes the development in terms of just learning how to play a nine inning baseball game every single day, even if you only have a couple rainouts, or if you have a situation like the Osprey had last year, where there's field damage and it costs you time. That 
that hurts the business of minor league baseball. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and and to some extent that's true. But I don't think that is the central like like the rationale. central deal is that Missoula is isolated in comparison to other major league baseball teams, right? Totally, and, and it's a. I mean, these are the smallest markets, I think, by and large, and the most isolated geographically. Right, and but that's thing, what I'm saying. Like having a baseball team in Missoula does impede the development of a player because riding on a bus to Provo is not. It's not that beneficial. Yeah, the thing, you could. I mean, everybody talks about riding the bus in minor league baseball, but. Like Durham, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina is a lot different than Missoula, Montana, the Provo, Utah. You know what or I mean? Billings, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you're on Absolutely. the bus forever, forever, right. no, ever. No question. Uh, the thing that I'm also, though, interested in is Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball are two utterly separate entities. They yes. have two completely different governances. There is a commissioner of Minor League Baseball, in fact, who has been on this show, and they work together on and only through a contractual agreement, a, a CBA, collectively bargained agreement, that allows a formalized farm system, which is minor league baseball, to feed major league baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to think about, well, the Missoula Paddleheads are a part of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, they are because of the contract, but they aren't in terms of the actual franchise that is the major league baseball club that is the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that's true for all of the farm, you know, all all of minor league baseball. The thing that I am trying to figure out here is what is the leverage that minor league baseball would have? Because this, the reason this is coming up now is because the newest CBA is going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, negotiated in this, in this fall, like coming up in about five or six months. Right. And so, Part of what is going into that, it sounds like for minor league baseball, is the reduction of these 42 teams. And minor league baseball doesn't want it. The commissioner certainly is against it. But I don't know what the points to say, well, if you leave these teams alone, here's what we're going to do for you. And I don't know how all that works. Now, certainly major league baseball, it's not in their interest to not have a CBA. I mean, major league baseball does need a farm system. And minor league baseball has been that and is, is will continue to be that presumably but i just don't know the give and take like in you know in player ownership cba agreements in professional leagues it just makes more so much more sense it's like it's effectively how much money are we going to get for how much work that we do you know or how much risk that we put our bodies at and it's obviously much more complicated and nuanced than that but it can come down to like you have the workforce they want to get paid this amount they want this much vacation they want these things and the ownership group wants to you know obviously pad their pockets and do whatever they can to to make as much money as they can because that's their goal so you understand at least what the motivating factor is other than having an agreement so that guys in major, minor league baseball can play minor leagues and have these teams, and major league baseball has a feeder system, I'm not sure where the this is what we want, this is what we want push is. I don't know what the rub is between the two entities. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think part of it is just purely a business and bottom line number just game. For, for, for major league baseball, why they would want this. Right. Like, all I'm saying is the guys that play in the Rookie League and the Pioneer League, so few of them actually go to 
the the show. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't need to have that, I mean, you could just that's not condense true. it. I mean, it, no, I mean it, it. It is. It's like I mean, the point is like one or two guys, right, David, are going to go go to Major League Baseball. For, I mean, how many the how, short season league is, which is what the Pioneer League is, is essentially a league for te- for guys that just got drafted by teams. And more and more often, that's being replaced by guys just going to the Arizona Fall League, right? right. Which is why the Pioneer League is on the chopping block. Right, right. But it's also why there's not that many guys. I mean, I think, what are we at, like 60, 70 maybe in the history of the Osprey? High 60s, yeah. made it Since to Major League Baseball. Uh, it's 2 Telling the One. It's 1029 ESPN Radio. we got to take a quick break. On the other side, we will come back. Hey, let's do a wing at Wednesday. I said we'd do it. Let's do it. 329-1899, 329-1899. Give us a call right now. We will do some questions with you, do some trivia, give you some wings over to the uh, – Desperado Sports Tavern right after this. Hey, this year marks the 16th annual Customer Appreciation Day at Grizzly Hackle Fly Shop. The first Saturday in March, every year they kick off the fishing season celebrating the world's best customers. Since 1988, out on Rock Creek, they have been proudly serving the fly fishermen living in Missoula or traveling in from all over the world to fish our great waters. It's their pride and joy to know that their customers have kept them in business all these years. This year, Customer Service Appreciation Day will be, or Customer Appreciation Day will be bigger than ever. They have a great uh, lineup of companies that will be on hand to show off their gear and answer any questions that you might have. Sims, Patagonia, Orvis, Winston Rods, Nautilus Reels, Dirty Water Fly Company, and Umqua. Try on waders, cast rods, see new flies, or check out the latest and greatest gear in the fly fishing industry. The best fly tires also in Montana are going to be on hand showing you how to tie their favorite ties. Grand prizes and hourly giveaways from Sims, Patagonia, Yeti, Umqua, Nautilus, Hatch, and more. The entire store, 25% off. Don't miss out on this great day, Customer Appreciation Day, Grizzly Hackle Fly Shop. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. You ready for my question? Yeah, rapid fire. Let's go. Okay. What city which is the capital of Idaho, is also hosting the Big Sky oh Conference my. Tournament. <laughs> Boise. What American city had the highest percent growth per capita for its population in 2018? Boise. What is the opposite of a blind girl? <laughs> 
Boise. Bang! You three have for really done yourself. The Grizz have won 10 Big Sky. 10 Grizz have won Big Sky Tournament MVP honors throughout the history of the Big Sky Tournament. Name one. Uh, tournament MVP. Tournament MVP. Well, Michael Ogine. Michael Ogine. There's one. The, this Bobcat coach is the last Montana State player to win Big Sky Tournament MVP. I believe that would be Danny Sprinkle. If you can name the only, or excuse me, there's only four players that have won tournament MVP multiple times, including one Grizz. Who? Will Cherry. Nope. He was once. Larry, no. Larry, Larry won zero. Yeah. Kareem Jamar. Ah. Back to back. Excellent. If you can name the three-time tournament MVP, the only three-time tournament MVP, buy your first lunch in Boise. Let's pick this up tomorrow. Do you want to know? No, I want my lunch. Okay. Save it. Cliffhanger. Boys and girls, have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, we get ready. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.